Welcome to the Men of Action podcast today. I got Ty Rumper in the house today. The number one energy guy, number one father on the Twitter first. So Ty, welcome to the podcast. Ah, Zach, it's a pleasure and an honor to be here, brother. You are a guy that inspires me. You raise the level of the, if it's a tweet, you raise the level. If it's just an in-person call, you raise the level. Whenever we chat and communicate, brother, uh, you take my energy up too, man. So I appreciate you and I'm honored to be here, bro. Yeah, well, I'm glad I finally get you on the podcast. I mean, you've been all over Twitter just promoting fatherhood, faith, and all and everything good and wholesome, you know, about especially with your health and fitness and your own personal journey, which we can get in today. So, Ty, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Man, so yeah, I'm a uh, proud uh, Christ follower first, I would say. That's that's the anchor of my life and really has been for the last several years. I uh, made, a, made a big leap. I was kind of like a lukewarm Christian for a while and then Three and a half, four years ago, I said, you know what, I'm all in. I'm going to give Christ uh, every area of my life. And, and I, I joke now, I wish I had done that way sooner. <laughs> you really get to see some miracles and blessings when you do that mm -hmm. um, and kind of give God the reins of your life. So I'm that first. I'm an awesome, uh, trying to be a great husband to an awesome wife, Annie. We're coming up on nine years in marriage. Uh, wonderful legacy and mission with her. Uh, she's the greatest wife in the world, man. I honor her and, and love her daily. And then we got three awesome kiddos, man. We have one biological daughter who's about to turn eight. We fostered seven children over the last three years, reuniting five back home. And we adopted our two sons who are both two years old and really wild. And uh, so it's really fun to be a dad with them, man. And that's pretty much me in a nutshell, man. Do the dad life thing. Yeah, especially those little two little young ones who are always running around and make sure <laughs> you have twenty k steps in a day. That's right. Yes, it's impossible to not get twenty k steps in a day with those two man. You just chase them around, right? <laughs> That's right. You know, and I know you are helping your daughter go on her first mission trip too. So you're also supporting her in that her yeah. own journey as well. And big shout out to you, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, supporting her journey too. We did a little fundraiser and you you gave. And I just appreciate that so much. That's why I love our community, man. It seems like anytime somebody needs help or just, hey, man, we're trying to do this cool thing. People jump on board all the time, you know, and it's my daughter again is about to turn eight and, and, and taking her first mission trip. She made a bunch of earrings, put them on sale for Twitter and just said, hey, whatever you want to donate. That's awesome. And brother, we raised, you know, like 800 bucks for her trip, man. And you nice. know, we, we want to make it so she has ownership in her trip too, right? She has to work for it. So she's doing a lemonade stand. She's going to, you know, some other things too, uh, to really make her, you know, have that ownership piece in it. Well, especially when you're teaching her young too. And, you know, especially I know she's a little bit into some of that fashion too. So I know she kind of likes <laughs> a little bit too. I'll see those pictures we posted spending what? Like a half she does not get that from me, bro. She does not get that from me or my wife. Uh, this is about as fancy as I get. It's a t-shirt from my church. <laughs> you know, like most of the days I don't even wear a t-shirt. I'm, I'm a shorts and a tank top guy, but my daughter, God bless her, man. She got that fashion eye. She, she likes to match her jewelry. In fact, there's times where me and her will go on a little daddy daughter date mm -hmm. and I'll come out and she'll say, daddy, that doesn't match. Let me help you pick out an outfit. <laughs> so, so literally, I, I trust her, man. She's seven, you know, almost eight, but I trust her to pick out my outfits, you know? So <laughs> she got a good eye for that stuff. Now you're just recently at a conference or I know you did a post or things. I know you're actually wearing a dress shirt. So it's always. <laughs> yeah, she picked that out, man. So yeah, I got to do my first live speaking event and that was really, really fun, man. And had to overcome some imposter syndrome and some fear couple of guys I was on stage with, uh, one of them was like a Navy SEAL commander who sold the company oh. for $50 million. And then it's like, 
Hey guys, I'm, I'm a dad. Uh, you know, I run a little solopreneur business. Uh, my name's Tyler. You know, you feel kind of, so you had to battle some of that stuff. And ultimately, man, I, I went out as I felt the nerves starting to rise. I remember going out into the car, turning on some praise music and saying, you know, I don't really have anything to offer these people to be quite honest, but I think the Holy Spirit does through me. And so that's the way I approach pretty much everything in life, man, is like, to be honest, I don't really have much to give. I don't really have many cool things to share. But when I wake up every day and I say, hey, Jesus, where do you want to go today? I want to walk with you. And I start there and he just takes my life. And, you know, even my Twitter brother, you know, I, it, it's, it blows my mind to have 130,000 teammates on there. It's just crazy to me, man. I, I wrote a goal three and a half, almost four years ago when I started that to have a thousand followers. I thought, how cool would that be? Maybe sell a couple eBooks, impact a couple people. Right. And I remember just praying over a notebook before I started on, on my Twitter journey and I was taking notes and stuff and just saying, Hey God, it's yours. It's all yours, man. It isn't mine. And, uh, you know, I feel like God is just a hundred X anything I could even fathom. And, and I really mean this. If, if I wake up tomorrow and in devotions, he says, Hey man, I, that part of your season of your life is over. Brother, I'll make one last video and say, I love you guys to death, but God's going to take me elsewhere, right? And that, that's where I want my life to go is just wherever he sends it. I want to be fully there and present doing the best I can for him. Yeah. So what kind of got you to that point? Because I know in the beginning, you're talking about being like a lukewarm Christian. Now you're like on fire for God. So what was that switch for you? Man, it's a good question. So I went through a couple of really hard things, Zach. So I, I, I'll just start back a little, you know, 15 years ago. So I'm, I'm in college. And I, I guess it's almost 20 years ago now, I'm getting old, but uh, <laughs> I, I, my sophomore year of college, I discover I have a really unique gift for poker. And so mm -hmm. I deposit $60 into this online poker site. And within six months, I've won like 40, 50,000. I've hired a coach for like a thousand bucks an hour and gotten some coaching. And then before I know it, man, I'm up six figures. I'm rolling. I'm beating a lot of these games. So I dropped out of college. I like just at that point, pretty much I had kind of I grew up in the church, but dude, I started making all this money, several hundred thousand dollars a year at 20, at 20, 21, wow. 22. And dude, I just, I denied myself nothing. I bought myself the brand new sports car, the watches. I flew me and my friends all over the world. And this was my lifestyle. Like a lot of nightclubs, partying, you get into that sort of lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And I remember even saying to people and like, I, I mean, it's cringe to say it, but like, I don't need God, you know, like, dude, I got everything I need, you know? I uh, got married really young then at 23 to a gal that I ironically met in Vegas. It was from my hometown and, uh, you know, things were, were fine. We were, we built this like 6,500 square foot mansion. We both drove luxury cars and on paper, everybody would have said these two got it like everything. Right. But right. we didn't have any peace. Neither of us were like values aligned and we just weren't a great fit. And, you know, she's a really good person, but we just didn't align. And so I got a call one day, man, that, you know, she was stepping out on me and, and it, like my whole world crushed, man. And so I went from seemingly having everything to nothing. I lost a lot of money in the divorce. And then the next two years of my life, man, I just reeled. Um, I, I was a professional drinker for, you know, I, I drank six or seven days a week. I said I was a professional poker player, but I was so broken. I barely played. I just nightclubs and I'd be surrounded by a hundred friends back then. But I felt like I had no friends, man. Like I always felt alone. A lot of nights I cry myself to sleep. I'd even just think like, uh, man, what's the point of life? You know, like everybody tells me I should be happy. I got some money and some fancy stuff and some friends and, and I'm just not happy. And I remember, man, I had uh, the, the preacher of this church, Eddie Lowen, shout out to Eddie Lowen. Um, I just remembered an interaction that I had with him in high school where he said something to the effect of like, 
I can't even remember what it might be, but some, some of the effective that he had peace and that that was something that everybody should strive for. And one night, brother, I was, I was intoxicated at like midnight. I sent him an email. I just looked up his email from a church registry and just said, Hey, Eddie, I, you probably don't remember me, but I don't have any peace, man. And you talked about this. Would you mind just hop, like hopping on a call with me and chatting it through? The guy runs a mega church, by the way, 6,000, 7,000 oh, wow. members. Within five minutes, he responds back. Hey, man, next time you're in town, let's grab a cup of coffee. And so that was kind of the first step back, man. Uh, before that, I kind of sold myself this lie in my head. Oh, the church just wants your money. It just wants these things. I lived in a city four hours away. I lived in Chicago. He lived in Springfield, which is four hours away. Mm-hmm. He had nothing to gain by pouring into me. But day after day, man, you know, he sent me encouraging emails. He would hop on a quick call with me. He would grab coffee or a lunch when I was back in town and wow. just talk me through a lot of these things and really ask me a lot of good questions. He was my first coach, you could say. I call him my first mentor. He just Definitely. helped me self-discover and challenge me a lot. And so he gave me this thing to say one prayer every day. He said, uh, God, if you're real, just show yourself to me. And he mm-hmm. said, I want you to say that every day for 30 days and mean it. And brother, the the third... Ooh, we're good. We're good. <laughs> oh, the my screen went black. Uh, the third oh. weekend, man, I was in Vegas by myself playing a bigger poker game, and I remember the game broke, and so I went for a jog one night, and uh, I, I had an iPad back then, and I played. I had ten thousand songs on this iPad, and right. none of them were Christian. I listened to Tupac, The Biggie, all this stuff back then, man. So I go for a run, and the first song is like some Tupac song. The next song is Holy Is the Lord God Almighty. To this day, I have no idea how that got on there. I never listened to Christian music. And I honestly, when it came on, I got mad. I skipped to the next song and I started shouting at God and saying, you know, you let my life get here. I'm angry at you, this and that. Brother, out of 10,000 songs, the next song that came on, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And so I I literally said, okay, that's the sign I prayed for. I dropped to my knees and in some back alley in in Vegas, man, I said, all right, God, I I don't want to captain my ship anymore. You take the reins. I don't know what that means to be a Christian. I want to keep learning and growing, but I don't really know. And so he's sort of restored me and and put me back piece by piece as we go. Still, obviously, a big time work in progress. We all are. But I feel like every day I start there, man. Yeah, I that's incredible. This that story of how, and you know, where people have were so broken that they turn to God, and people always get to a point, and then that's when they wonder, you know, is there a God out there? Because mm. there's no way all this pain is for nothing. I mean, there has to be a reason for it. Because if there is no reason, then it kind of drives people a little bit nuts, for lack of better words. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Even as a Christian, life life is hard, right? There's <laughs> challenges, opportunities everywhere. But I think if you if if we're just here, and this is what Eddie challenged me a little bit on, he said, hey, man, you're a smart guy. You obviously are good at statistics and odds to be good at poker. He said, just study both sides and see what you think. And, uh, you know, do you believe that we're just here by random chance and none of this matters and we just die and it's over? Um, Mm -hmm. Study that and see, like, look at the smartest people that think that and then read the other side and see what they say. And I just came to a very logical conclusion after that night in the alley that, that there's too many coincidences in my life and that I've seen. Um, and, and really from just studying it, you, you would almost, a statistician would call it impossible. The big bang right. would just be impossible. And the smartest guy I've ever talked to is the chief engineer of NASA who built a ro- the first rover that landed on Mars. I got to play poker with this guy for like six, seven oh. hours in a higher stakes game. And 
he told me he was an atheist until he started discovering the universe, seeing how vast it was, seeing how perfect everything has to work together. And he's like, there's just no way that this is random. There has to be a God. There, there's no way. And so mm-hmm. that's how I feel too, man, is, is this isn't by, it's like not a coincidence you and I met each other. It's not a coincidence. No. We're doing a, I, I believe that God ordains a lot of these things and we're all here for a purpose. We need to discover that and then go light ourselves on fire, man. And, and like spread that, you know? Yeah, no, it's especially like, cause I, I can't remember how I stumbled across you. I just, just one of those things that I think makes us following Zap homo at, at a time that you just naturally popped up. Cause I don't know how I found Zach even just like one of those things is, you know, going on that personal development journey of, you know, you want to improve your life and you know, your life isn't where exactly where you want to be. So, you know, and then, you know, obviously to filter everything or else you are going to go in a very dark hole, especially with social media. So true, man. I think like you're in that web now where I, I consider there's like, you know, several hundred of us all in that cool web that like, yeah. if you see one of us, you're going to see all of us, man, because because we're all like encouraging each other. And I think that's what's so neat about our community is that like there's place for everybody, man. There really yeah. is like and and we want everybody to just come along. And there's no other place on earth I've seen like that. I've worked in corporate America. It's definitely not like that. I You know, poker obviously is very cutthroat. It's not like that. And that's what I think I love about our community the most, Zach, is that, man, just, just, you know, you come in and you boom, like radiate my timeline. There's days where I'm like, I don't want to get up and work out. And then I like, I can literally open up my Twitter feed and see seven guys being like, come on, you can do it. Have a great day. I'm at the gym too. You know, and it, it just makes you feel like a part of this community that wants to be involved and wants to, wants to do better too, you know? And they generally like you, like one, the most things I love about you is that you truly want everybody to win. Oh man, even people that hate me, bro. Yeah, like I, <laughs> I got I got mailed two hate letters from somebody in my high school. I think I know who it is, but uh, just calling me like a, a fake Christian and this and that and a lot of you know, you don't wear a shirt enough. That was one of the things. You know? <laughs> some of these people are ridiculous, man. Some of the things they worry about. But uh I hope that person finds peace, wins, has creates all the success. Like, why would I not? You know, I just I think we're all better, like. The day I had my first kid too, man, you start to see the world a little different. And someday I'm not going to be here anymore. That's just a fact. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm only going to be on this earth for, for so long. My kids and grandkids will be here. Why would I not want everybody to elevate, everybody to do better? Because that, that's, that's what makes our society better. It's not really a, I ain't looking for some politician to come in and save the day. What I'm looking for is me to be my best self, you to be your best self, communities to rise up, power, you know, power together, churches and things like that. I think that's how we really change the world. And and we do that by me every day, being my best self by you every day, being your best self. And then we inspire others to do the same. And one of the most important things that you actually live it out. You you don't just speak it. You actually work the best way you can to actually live it out. I mean, a lot of times people will talk about things, but how much action do we take? And that's the whole purpose of this podcast is how to become, you know, a man of action, how to show up when you don't feel like showing up. You know, because obviously emotions can come and go when we feel like working out. It's great. And then days we don't feel like working out and we know we didn't hit the best PRs and things like that. It's like still pretty good that you showed up and it's and it's hard to show up every day and to do the best that you can. It takes a lot of grit. So what's one of the things besides opening up your Twitter feed to help you stay motivated and to generally mean like to to go work out, especially now that your daughter wants to work out. And I've seen her. <laughs> yeah. on the road 
<laughs> yeah, I think that's that's a big one, man. The, I'll go back to my faith, and I really feel like you know God gave me my body. I, I want to be a steward. I, I feel like this with the money we get, I, it's not mine. This house mm -hmm. is not mine. I want to be a good steward of everything God's loaned to me while I'm here. That includes my body and my health. Uh, that includes my mind and what I choose to put into it. So, you know, number one, man, I, I and again, I don't think everybody needs to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger or have eight pack abs, but you need to, to take care of your body and be healthy and high energy for those around you and the best version of yourself. I think number one, um, number two, my kids, man, they're, they're looking, you know, they're, they're always going to look at what dad does, not what he says. And, and the reason, man, that I, I appreciate you so much, Zach, and, and the other guys in our community is, dude, we're all real. How many times do I see a post of, of like, I'm not going to be that guy like, oh, I'm on fire 365 days in the gym. I like, dude, I tell people I'm in shape because I go to the gym 100 days of the year when I don't feel like it. Right. And I have bad workouts. <laughs> you know, like, that's the truth. Like, you know, I really do feel like it maybe 150 days and 100 of the days you just got to show up. And you, the win is just being consistent. And continuing to show up. And I love the fact that I, I could reference 10 of your posts in my mind right now. Man, it's after work. I don't feel like being here, but I'm getting it done today. And right. like that stuff is what it, it resonates with me. It resonates with other people. I think that's how we inspire people because it's ideal. It's not always easy, man. It's, it's easier to stay in a warm bed than it is to get up and go to the gym. Let's be honest. It's easier to eat the junk food than it is right. to meal prep and eat healthy. But, you know, easy has a cost. I always say that. And uh, I just think when we start to see things through a bigger lens than just, you know, what what's that quick dopamine hit? What's going right. to feel better in the moment? Think long term. Think think longer out. Who do you want to be in, in a year? Who do you want to be in 10 years? Do you want to get to your deathbed and say, man, I just watched a lot of TV and died 22 years too young because I didn't take care of myself, you know? Probably not. So so what do you need to do to take steps to, to change some of that today? And it, you don't have to solve the whole puzzle. Just go for a walk. <laughs> Just, just make one healthier choice of food. Just join a men's community like Zach's. Like just, just do a little step right today to take that first step back. And then another thing too is I was listening recently listening to uh, Jim Rome's motivational speeches and his lectures. And the one thing that always grapples my attention is when he talks about be patient with yourself. Because mm. so many of us today want to be where we are a year from now, five years, and you know, you see someone's brother, someone's growth or someone's, you know, signing people or have this time to do all that. And it can get it very hard where you just want to be there, but you're not there just yet. So mm -hmm. learning to be patient with yourself and understanding that every time you take a step towards it, you're getting a step towards yourself in three months, six months, nine months, even a yep. month now. It could be a couple of days from now. That's right. And yeah. Go ahead. I love that, man. I think that's such an important point, Zach. And I don't know that I've shared this very much, man, but, uh, you know, there was a time where I was managing a bank and I did this for six and a half years. And people look at my life now at 39 and say, oh, it must be nice. You know, you get to spend a couple hours a day with your kids at the park every day and this and that. Well, for six and a half years, man, <laughs> I was up at 5 a.m. no matter what. Even if we had a kid up at 1 a.m., I was up at 5 a.m. to work on my business for an hour, go to work, usually work on lunch while I was walking come home and do the family thing and then work the eight to 10 shift, 8 PM to 10 PM shift. I did this for six years, right. To, to be able to escape corporate. And it, right. there were so many days, Zach, where I was literally driving into work and, you know, I only saw my daughter for 30 minutes that morning and I knew I had a meeting that night and I was only going to see her for 30 minutes at night. 
mm. brother, I'd cry on the way to work, man. I'd beg God, God, I'm ready. <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, please, I'm ready. I see other people doing it. I want to do it. I feel called to do it. You put this in me. I'm ready to quit my job. I'm ready. And I kept getting this answer, man. No, not yet. I need you there. And I look back and there were so many reasons that God kept me there for, for the time he did. Number one, I needed to learn some of the extra lessons about how to be content in a workplace that maybe you don't love because now I coach guys on that a lot. Hey, they're transitioning out and they, they want to take that big leap. But hey, man, we're not there yet. And I need to be able to pour some wisdom into there. So I needed to go through it so I could help them. The other thing, and this is just another miracle of God, but you know, my very last branch, man, that I was ever at, I got a, a promotion uh, to run like our biggest, most important branch here in my network. And the person under me's wife was very high up in DCFS. Mm -hmm. And she is the one that got us our first son, Kingston, that said, hey, we've got this boy. Um, you know, if you guys are an adoptive resource, we could put him in there. So I didn't know why I was staying at work. I didn't know why God kept me there. But brother, two weeks after we got Kingston, uh, my assistant manager pulled me aside and said, hey, Ty, like, and we all love you here and you're really fun, but it's obvious like you, you know, you're, you're here, but you're not here some days. Like we can tell you love this other stuff more. Do you, do you ever? And I felt like that was my sign. I put in my two weeks right after that. And, uh, and so I felt like God kept me there. Right. The time he needed to keep me there. Uh, we wouldn't have our son today, man. If it wasn't, if I didn't be obedient to God and listen through that stage, you know, you know, this is why I love doing podcasts and like connecting with people because you post a lot about how you used to do like foster care and really connected with parents and things like that. But of all your tweets, I can't think of one time you share that story. Yeah, I don't think I do much, man, to be honest. And it's probably, I probably should talk about it a little more, but it's, it's, some of those seasons were the hardest of my life, to be honest. Like, again, this is a hard, you know, the masculine men won't like me for saying this, but I mean, I, I cried a couple of days a week to work, man. I really did. Like my daughter would be at the door saying, mm -hmm. daddy, like, when do, do I get to see you this weekend or do you work Saturday again? You know? Oh. And like, bro, it just is a man to like walk out and think like, okay, I, I mean, I'll read her stories tonight at bed, but, but that's all I get. I don't, I don't get to be there to pick her up at school. I don't get mm -hmm. to be there to high five her and take her to the park like I do now when she gets off school. I don't, maybe she's got gymnastics tonight. I don't get to be there for it. I, I'm stuck at this job I don't like, you know? And it was a really hard place for me to be in. And I saw the vision. I knew where God was going to lead me out. Right. But I was ready, man. Like you, like you mentioned, I was like, God, today, today, today. Right. <laughs> and, and I think that's why it's so important to wake up every day and say, hey, God, not my time, but yours. I just want to take a walk with mm. you today and where you lead, I'll go. Because looking back, I don't believe I would have been blessed with the network I have now, the, the, the community that every blessing God has given us. I believe many of those were because I remained faithful during that time and didn't say, hey, God, I know better than you, even though you created the whole universe. <laughs> I'm going to go my way, right? Like, I'm ready, so I'm going to quit. Um, I, I think when we start with God, everything else tends to tends to fall into place. Yeah. So how are you taking some of the lessons you learned about that patience and what God has done for you to help coach other men? Man, it's amazing. Patience is, I probably say this five times a day, Zach. So my son Tyson is just a wild man. Like he would have been Zach Hommel jokes when he, when I talk about Tyson, <laughs> Zach Hommel's my coach. And he, he, Zach, he jokes, he said, Tyson would have been 200 years ago. We would have anointed him as like the next hunter that would have gone out and killed the bison. And he's just so wild. He, he never sits, man. And so Probably five times a day, I say out loud, God, thank you for my son, Tyson. 
he gives me an opportunity to grow my patience. (laughs) (laughs) I've developed a lot of these techniques. I truly believe everything in life works for us. Everything. If I'm stuck in traffic now and I literally think, thank you, God, this must be an opportunity that you want me to put on a podcast, uh, a sermon, something I need to hear. Maybe I need to take some time and just calm my mind today. Mm-hmm. That's an opportunity. Maybe I need to call my dad or mom. I haven't talked to them in a couple of days. Thanks for this opportunity. I mean, this is extreme, brother, but this is where my mindset is now. Uh, I got food poisoning a day and a half ago. I puked this graphic 20 times in eight hours and, and it came out the other end after. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> I literally, I lost six and a half pounds in 24 hours. If I, oh took, a sip, if I took a sip of water, I was running to the bathroom one minute later. Uh, I, I couldn't couldn't keep anything down, man. And so, you know, the, obviously when you're puking, it's hard to be really grateful. Yes. But even even through that that 36 hours, I would say that I didn't feel well. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I'm so grateful for that, and I feel like God taught me so much through that last little op, that that last little sickness. That hey, man, slow down a little bit. You're going 100 miles an hour at a lot of these projects, and I'm not. That's good. But sometimes you got to slow down a little bit. And I listened to three or four sermons while I was sick. And I feel like the, the stuff he poured into me, I needed at that time. And so I don't think I get sick without God, without he can use that for me. Right. And I believe anything in our life, I, I look at it like that. And that's what I, I teach and help and coach a lot of men around. Yeah. You don't really like the way your wife said that to you, huh? Okay. Well, Let's learn from it. Let's talk right. through it. Let's grow through it. What it is is an opportunity to grow better, right? Exactly. And that's like one thing I always love about you when I see those like mindsets from, oh, I got to do this too. I get to do this. <laughs> that's right. I don't want to do this, but I have an opportunity. You know, I love that, you know, that slight little mind strip change because it does change everything. And, you know, because of that, I've been impacted by that huge because I've been like, oh man, I gotta do this. I'm like, no, I get to do this. Like, I'll catch myself and be like, I still catch myself like four or five years later after practicing this. I'm like, oh, I gotta do the dishes. No, wait a second. I get, we have dishes. We get to eat great food. We get to have a dishwasher. We got a beautiful home. I get to do my dishes. People, a lot of people would kill you me. Do some dance, I do. Put away the dishes. Have a little fun with this. Like the That's right, man. You put some music on, dance around. You know, you can make everything fun, right? <laughs> right but no i think that's like one of the hardest things to do is like and the more like you improve the more you catch yourself Mm. and the more that you catch yourself the more you recognize is it worth getting this upset about is it worth you know being this hard on yourself and things like this and sometimes using to touch someone out and talking really helps out gets you you know allows you to vent a little bit but then getting that frustration out allows you then to refocus on the task and what was the issue at hand same thing with crying i know whether it's the alpha red pill community or whatever communities out there these days now where it's like, Oh, men don't cry. It's like, okay, let's take a step back. And let's evaluate. What is the purpose of crying? You know, the purpose of crying is a release of an emotion, especially if you feel that intense to cry. That way, once you have all those tears out, you have that frustration now or that sadness out, then you can kind of focus on, okay, what is my next step? And that's what's the key point about is what is your next step going to be? Are you going to, continue investor over this and allow it to ruin your life or you can use this as an opportunity as you and i like to say mm. and learn from it that's so right life is all about learning and growing and also man if you're a jesus follower i mean there's one verse in the bible the shortest verse ever that kind of kind of ends this argument jesus wept 
Exactly. The biggest man ever, he wept, you know? So I think it's an okay thing, man. And I love how you talk about kind of shifting your mindset. I'll give you another quick little story, man. Of yeah. just where God's brought me from to two. You know, it was the second year of my marriage, man. And, and I came home from a work day that I was really stressed out about. And I would always mm -hmm. say this back then, my boss made me feel, this client made me feel, my employee called in sick and that made me feel. And so, you know, this is before I had the mindset, nobody can make me feel anything. They can do things to me and then I can right. choose if I'm going to feel that way or not. But nobody right. can make me feel. But back then I didn't have that yet. And brother, I remember coming up to some stoplight. Some guy cuts me off. I tell him he's number one without really, you know, telling him he's number one. <laughs> right. We start shouting at each other. I follow this guy for a couple miles shouting at him. We get to another red light. I get out of the car. I rip my shirt off. I, I charge. I yell, get out of the effing car. I'm going to fight. Dude, this guy could have had a gun. He could. I don't, you know, like this is, yeah. this is the anger problem that I had six, seven years ago. And that was, you know, somewhat routine. Everything would upset me. If you ask my wife how I was the first couple of years in our marriage, I could go from zero to a hundred in a second, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and the one thing I'm real proud of, and I feel like God has restored in me is this sense of peace. <laughs> and calm that I could never get. Um, my wife mentioned, you know, a few days, like a few weeks ago that she hasn't seen me really upset in years. Right. And, and I, I think that is a choice too. And you alluded to it like 10 minutes ago that like we train our muscles at the gym, this isn't like, uh, you know, one day, six years ago, I decided I'm going to get better at this. And I was just better made incremental progress all along the way. And then I get the fruit of that now, six years later to not let things bother me, not let, you know, to let things roll off the shoulder, to, to see them as an opportunity. But if you keep working on these things every day, man, you'll look back six months, a year, three years down the road, you won't recognize yourself, you know? And so a couple of the big steps I've taken, man, is just, I think today I'm close to 2000 days in a row now without missing a day is like a gratitude journal. Mm -hmm. I just wake up every day and write a few things I'm grateful for and say a quick prayer over those things and ask God to set my mind on blessings, not on what I might lack. I've done this now for, you know, four and a half years without missing a day. And, and my brain has been reprogrammed to see the good, to just see the good in everything, man. And, and so I think anybody can do that. It's free. And you just need to find little things like that that work for you to improve your mind every single day. Because our mind's our most powerful weapon. Yeah, one of the things I'm working on practicing is called gratitude walks. I got the idea from Tony Robbins. Love that, man. <laughs> so you just go outside and you just go for a walk and you you're very intentional and specific about what you're thankful for and you know just doing that can really just get your mind off the gutter just That's focus right. on okay i have the opportunity to walk i have an opportunity to look at the sky you know to, you know walk through a neighborhood and it's a safe neighborhood i don't have to look over my shoulder too much mm. and just really focus in on that and it does make a difference so i do that all the time no but am I intentional about when I go and do those walks? Absolutely. And that's why we look at the intentions of things. And as someone who's really wise alluded uh, yesterday is to have the eyes of a child. And God talks about that. Have the eyes of a child, like always eager to learn and grow and get excited about learning and growing of how you can take all this information and propel it. And then when, when you are, have mastered it or gotten close to it, then you can help somebody else. Mm, so that way, no longer do I have to wait five years and be the same person. 
five years, I'm going to be a new person. I'm going to be a better person. In a year, I'll be a better person. That way, because as all the, you know, the famous people and people who are experts in the mind shift will say, five years is going to come here, like it or not. <laughs> the question comes is, where are you going to be in five years? That's absolutely right, man. It's one of my favorite scriptures is, uh, you know, in Romans, it says, God will change the way you think. <laughs> And I love that, man, because if we're if we're really seeking him and we're really trying to get better in that, like, look, look at what you said, those gratitude walks. That is amazing. And, you know, you might before those walks, let's be honest, maybe there's stuff stressing you out. I need right. this video and work and I got chores, bills, deadline. There's a lot of things in the world that can stress us out. But then you go on that walk and you're like, Dude, look at the beautiful mountains. Look around me. Like, bro, I get weird with it in my gratitude journal. I'm like, I got all my toes and fingers. And like, just imagine life if I didn't have this finger, it'd be harder, right? Like I have all my stuff yeah. intact. Like, that's amazing. What a gift. You know, I got like, what is it? Three trillion cells in my body all working for me. Yeah. It's like, it's just a gift every day, you know? And when you start to see everything as a miracle, life gets really good, man. And you mentioned the kids and that's something, man, like, I, my kids teach me more than I teach them. I say this all the time, man, because, you know, I, a big part of my day is every morning I take my kids to the park right after this podcast, I'll take my kids to the park for two hours. We're going to a splash pad, meet another cool dad, <laughs> this couple nice. kids. And we do this a lot. And the thing I love about watching kids is they don't really need a reason, man. Like they'll just climb this thing to see if they can climb it or they're just, Hey, let's, let's have a contest. See if we can jump over this. Oh, we didn't make it. Let's try again. Let's try again. Let's try. And it's like, we can learn so much from kids. You know, people ask me, like, well, why, why'd you do the hundred thousand steps in a day? See if I could, right. you know, like, uh, just see if I could like a kid, you know, like, why are you doing five Murphs in a day? See if I can just like a kid, you know, <laughs> like exactly. I think we need to adopt that mindset. And too often I was guilty of this. You know, when I hit 30, we just, well, I got the house, I got the girl, I got the job. I'm comfortable. And we stop pushing ourselves to grow physically, mentally, spiritually in community with relationships better. And I think, you know, that's a big mistake a lot of Western men make. Life gets comfortable. We can push a button and order food. We, we can climate control everything we want all the time. Everything can be real easy for us all the time. Right. And, and if we don't seek out some of that discomfort, if you don't go to the gym and push your body, you don't sit in that sauna a little longer than you think you can when you're kind of gasping for breath, right? Run yeah. sprints so you don't think you can do anymore and then boom, you hit another one. You know, like, man, if you don't put yourself through the ringer on some of these things and push yourself to grow, you're already dead, you know, to, in, a, in a sense, if you're not growing, you're dying. So I think a lot of Western men need to take that to heart and say, well, if I'm not pushing myself and setting these big goals and challenging myself, what am I doing? You know, am I growing or am I just stagnant? You need to ask yourself those questions, I think. Got to have that honesty time. Mm -hmm good time once a week just to focus on where you're at and where you want to go Two two questions i highly focus on is what are you doing well in and then what areas can you have proven mm -hmm. that way it's all that positive mindset of that growth to push you forward and not be hard on yourself that's right man you're, you're the ceo of zach goodman i'm the ceo of tyler toad i always say it, and nobody no business owner you think that the Amazon, you know, Jeff Bezos wakes up and says, well, what, what do you think we'll do today? I don't know. Let's uh, No, he plans. They got a They got a weekly plan, a daily plan, a monthly plan. They got themes and, and you know, what, what they want to accomplish over long-term goals. You should have the same in your life. And I, I do that same, man. Every Sunday, yesterday, take 15 minutes and plan out the week, plan some goals. Once a month, I do a monthly audit of my life where I sit down and I, I 
I judge myself on faith. Hey, man, am I, am I reading my Bible every day? How many sermons am I listening to? Am I giving God my best energy or am I just kind of going through the motions a little bit? Right. Hey, man, how's fatherhood going? Am I real intentional with my kids? What can I improve on? I said I was going to pray over him a lot last month. I only did it twice this month. Let's set some goals to do that a little better. You know, fitness, where am I at? Okay, where do I want to get to? And just kind of being real honest with myself and saying, okay, we're here now. How do we get to here? Okay, we're here now. How do we get to here? And when you kind of get a growth mindset like that, man, life gets really fun. <laughs> just like a never ending game. And that's how you got to treat it as a game that you're excited about. And it's hard to evolve that mindset because we're not necessarily born with that. It's like, you know, getting this mindset. I mean, the first word we learn is no. <laughs> less terrible, less words. So it's easy to say. It's like, no or can't. Like, I can't do yeah. that. Yeah. You know, why do you think I can do this? Why do you think I can be this person? I can't do this. I mean, look at them. I mean, they're 20. I'm 40. You know, I got, I got two decades on me. Like, you know, it's, is it too late? You know, whether it be saying finances, growing in relationship with your wife or whomever, with your, even with your kids who might be more like teenagers at that point. So, yeah, man. I think that's a big one too. And that's, I, I kind of think the older I get, Zach, you can group people into only two categories in life. <laughs> and it kind of goes off what you're saying is, and I was in the previous one for an, until about six, seven years ago, where I would see guys where you just described financially, they're great. They're in great shape man. they got a great marriage. And I would look at them and say, man, they must just have good genes. They must've been born into wealth. Uh, their wife just must be more understanding than mine. <laughs> I would just kind of cope and make excuses. And then there's the second group of people. And this is what I shifted into. And, and God bless them, man, Zuby and Ryan Stevens and Zach Hommel. And a lot of the guys I found on Twitter developed this in me that mm -hmm. said, okay, if Zach Hommel's got this kind of business and this kind of marriage and this kind of faith, I'm not going to be jealous of that. I'm going to admire that. Exactly. And seek it and learn from it and take little bits what he's doing to better my life. And so, you know, we get this stuff online all the time now, right? Like, oh, it must yeah. be nice to be 40 and be in shape. You got good genes. No, right. man, it's that I get up and go to the gym every day for the last 10 years, right? Like, it, I mean, it's, take off your shirt more and go for walks. That's right, man. It's, it's you know, you, you get out of life what you put into. Now, are people born at different there's some people that are born on third base. They're born into a wealthy yeah. family. Great. That's awesome. I'm not disputing that at all, but I am saying that we can all improve our circumstances, find mentors, find communities, find those people out there that are doing kind of the stuff we want to do and learn from them. You know, it, it cost me a couple thousand dollars to hire Zach Hommel, you know, four years ago, my first coach, and it changed my whole life, man. What, what he poured back into me I quit my job 10 months later, <laughs> uh, you know, successful business, my faith, just a hundred X, my marriage and communication, everything I learned from him. Mm -hmm. I have 19 pages of notes in a notebook down there from our oh. calls. I still refer to those three and a half years ago, man, some of that stuff, you know? And so I, I think, you know, in today's world, this is available to everybody. Number one, if you don't have a penny, follow guys like you on social media, follow me, follow our community. We got three or 400 of us that every day, right. all we do is encourage, put out positivity, put out tips and hacks and mindset. Every, that's all we do, right? That's right. We want to help people. So that's free. YouTube channel. I could watch 10 of your videos for free and improve things about my life. 
you can find this stuff for free. Sermons online for free. All this stuff. Now, if you want to go to an, a higher level and you have a little means or you want to create that in your life, buy in. Join a men's community. Join a men's group. If you don't have that, start one. You know, there, there's a million different ways that you can be successful today. And I don't, I just buy, I don't buy the notion that, well, I can't do it because of this. You can, I, I truly believe he who says he can and he who says he can't are both going to be right. And so it's just up to you to make that one choice, right? Exactly. And, you know, one of the key things, like this is why, and start reading books, mm-hmm. go to the library if you can't afford to buy stuff on right. Amazon. You know, that way you can get people back into the library. I know it's been decades since I've been in the library. <laughs> Bro, we go every couple months. Our family takes a trip. My daughter will get like seven, eight books. I'll get a book. My wife will get a book. And I mean, I'll be honest, we could buy the books now. We're in a financial spot where we yeah. could, but I'm, I'm still pretty thrifty, man. <laughs> like, well, it's a free library. We pay taxes for it. Why not go well, take yeah, it? Yeah, I found out like you can get some book sales and actually buy the books. I didn't know that before. Yeah. So I'm getting now a person who loves the library. So it's like, we're going to stop playing stuff to go back. And so the more not, you know, knowledge and you know wisdom you get, the better you're going to be able to transform your life. So get a library card, That's check right. out a book, start reading about personal development, finances. That's where... I just, you know, was watching something Warren Buffett and that's what he started with. He didn't have much money at, you know, 14. And what he did is he read every book there was on finance because he wanted it. He was interested in stocks. Guys, first stock at like 11. And now look at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty crazy the, the age we live in that there's so much information. And I'll say this yeah. too. Like a lot of people will read. Oh, I read in our self-improvement space. Oh, I read 60 books this year. Oh, I read a hundred books this year. I mean, that's awesome. That's great. But sometimes it becomes like a vanity metric. And I always say, get a notebook as you're reading. Dude, I'd rather read three books a year, but actually apply that knowledge to my life to better it. Like when I started my self-improvement, it was Atomic Habits. I read it cover to cover three times. Mm -hmm. And dude, I, I have 20 pages of notes on that book. And I applied so much of that book to my life. Now, maybe that book doesn't resonate with you. You got a different one. That's fine. Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willick. Same thing, man. I like applied so Ironically. Oh, dude, that is, uh, that book. This might be even planned. (laughs) I love that book. And here's the crazy thing, Zach. I didn't finish that book. It's probably my top three favorite book of all time. I got 75% of the way through it and said, okay, it's the same thing. Now I get it. I know what I need to do to implement and better my life. Right. That was like two years ago. I never finished it. Two and a half years ago. But man, the lessons I took out of that book just literally changed my entire marriage. Hey man, oh, my wife doesn't get me. She doesn't understand how important it is for me to go have a guy's day. Why doesn't she get me? Because I don't explain it well enough. It's on me, (laughs) you know? And once I flipped that switch, man, everything in my life got better. But yeah, it's, it's, it's such a gift that we can take these resources that these amazing people have put out there and better our lives through it, man. It's awesome. Yeah, especially where like two things. One, someone, I can't remember their name, but pointed out that you know, we get access to a couple hundred pages that took decades for people to learn. Hmm. That they had to figure it out and get their own mentors to help them along their journey. And then two, I don't know the guy's name, but I was watching like a YouTube short. And this guy's like, every time you read a chapter, apply that. Hmm. And it's yeah. just like, oh, that's a good idea. Like I know Jim Rohn, I'm, you know, on a big kick with him right now. <laughs> and he was talking about like, don't trust your memory, write things down. So I literally, I'm doing exactly what you're saying. And that's how you know it's right. When you talk to people, 
And if they're doing it and their lives are improving and they have that evidence and prove that their life's improving. It's just, just a few of my notebooks that I can just grab within reach, man. I have, my family makes fun of me, bro. Cause I have 27 notebooks here forever. I have like a, my audit notebook. I have my long-term goal notebook. My, I have a notebook on my wife, Annie, just how do I be a better husband, man? Okay. Wow. If she, if she gave me this cue, I want to write that down. Like, why would I not? My fitness notebook, like everything. I feel like if I want to run a successful business, I'm going to track how much I spend, how much comes in, if I want it to grow, right? Well, if I want a successful marriage, I'm going to be intentional about it and do the same thing, right? Like, okay, well, how many date nights a week are we doing? How can I get better at this? How can I listen a little better? How can I ask better questions, right? Like when you approach everything in that way, you just it's easy to get better. Yeah, and that's why one of your, also your huge mottos that you have, one of the many thousands is <laughs> date your wife, continue to date her, continue to pursue her because there's nothing. And I talked to, from my, for my personal job, I talk to people all the time and a lot of times they're not happy in their marriages because they don't date each other. They don't continue mm-hmm. to get to know one another. They kind of are in that comfort zone where they just do the day by day thing. And so that's another thing I'll mention is like have date night. I know yeah. you have a lot of kids and if you can't afford it or have someone watching and when the kids go to bed, spend that time with each other, right. put away the phones, turn off the TV and connect with one another. That's right, man. Nobody was on that altar, man, thinking like, well, we're going to get married. And in five years, he's just going to be like watching the game and I'm going to be in the other room. Like, no, yeah. man, you're thinking about connecting and living a great life and growing together. Exactly. And too often, yeah, that that can get ripped apart just because there's so you know, your, your relationship kind of becomes transactional over time. Mm-hmm. Did you do this? Did you take the kids here? Did you get the trash? You get the groceries, you pay the bill. You, know, you start talking about these things, which I, I say you get stuck in facts. Yeah. And so you need to raise that to feelings. How was your day? Tell me about it and ask good questions. And then if you really want to have a great marriage, you go to dreams. <laughs> yeah. So let's dream together. Where are we going to be in a year? How do we create that? What kind of life do we want? What do we want our giving to look like? What do we want our kids' lives to look like? What do we want? You know, and you dream together and you always are creating this like fun, like an adventure. I think that's the guy's job in a marriage is to, you know, I say all the time, I'm going to take my wife on adventures, man. We're going on one here in four or five days, taking the whole family to Utah. Nice. Big Airbnb, nothing fancy, man. We're gonna be hiking through some caves and running up some sand dunes and stuff like this. But I think it needs to be exciting. And too many men get into a spot where they blame their wives for, well, she's not doing X, Y, Z. Well, bro, what are you bringing to the table? You know, exactly. what are you at? When's the last time you took her on a date? You know, like guys will have complained to me all because I coach a lot of married men now around this. And they'll say, man, my, me and my wife are only intimate like once a month or every two months. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, when's the last time you took her on a date? 10 years ago. When's the last time you wrote her a love letter? When we were first married, 12 years ago. When's the last time you like surprised her with just like a handwritten note? Like, uh, you know, can't remember. Bro, like, you know, like remember when you were first together and you would change your shirt six times and make sure the reservation was locked in and all these extra steps to impress her? I ask guys this question all the time, man. If you had to pick your wife up today again, could you do it? She chose you out of three and a half billion guys on the planet. Would she do it again today? You better make sure, <laughs> you know, Exactly. you better make sure and keep dating her and keep winning her and keep pursuing her. And how do you do that? Well, you lead yourself and then you lead her. Right. And, and I think too many men get that wrong. They think I'm the king of the castle. I work all day and make me the sandwich. This And it's like, dude, you serve first. You lead. Yeah, that's why, you know, got to follow Ty. I mean, he comes <laughs> with the mindset, the marriage, the kids, and 
he lives in does this every day. And obviously, we know not every day is going to be a good day, but every day is, you know, an opportunity you could have to be the best version of yourself in that moment, in that time. Mm-hmm. So you guys got to go file a tie because, heck, I'm not a dad yet. I'm not even married yet. But hell, I'm learning a lot from him. Where <laughs> oh, you're I'll gonna be the greatest, most fun dad too. I can already tell, man. You're gonna be you're gonna be the dad at the park running all around too, man. <laughs> if I'm not, you gotta come after me. <laughs> I will, man. I'll call you out. I promise. <laughs> but you will be. <laughs> no, I, yeah. Well, one advice I'm actually taking from you a lot is I'll my girlfriend and I will spend like one day a week and we'll evaluate like where we are. Is this where we want to be? And if not what are we going to do to get like, we're both working on losing weight. We're both working on getting better mindsets and, you know, we're both working on following, fostering our own relationships and our relationship with God. So it's a whole theme and that I would not have been honestly in this position without honestly seeing all your tweets, all your posts and how authentic and real you are. Honestly, I mean, you're so genuine that it's like, that's why people are just drawn to you. So as we kind of wrap today up, you know, what is someone what is something you want to leave us with a man today who's not taking action? Who's kind of in this kind of limbo stand and he wants to. Yeah. I think just... it can feel really intimidating. And I think the enemy is really good at planting those, those that fear in your mind and that mm-hmm. doubt in your mind. He'll use shame a lot. You can't yes. get here because you did this. You can't look. I was an alcoholic. I abused drugs and pills, addicted to pornography. I made every mistake in the book, um, you know, and thankfully... <laughs> We serve a God who, as he died on the cross, told a thief on the cross next to him who had no good works, <laughs> today you'll be with me in paradise because you believed. And so step one, get on your knees. Mm-hmm. Say a prayer. Hey, God, I don't have all the answers. But you know what? I always say God doesn't just choose the qualified. When you choose him, he'll qualify you. And, and I look at this in my own life and say, man, like I'm nowhere near equipped to lead the way I have. And I say that really humbly, man, because brother, the only place I led people for the first 31 years of my life was to the bar, to parties <laughs> like that too. I, I would make, Oh, you're not drinking tonight. You pansy. You know, I, I was that guy, right. Who just wasn't a good guy. Um, and as I've just taken a little, that one, that first step, you know, my preacher, Eddie Lowen, who I give so much credit to, I remember him. I said, I've done too much bad stuff. I can't come back from it. And he said, Ty, you don't have to solve the whole puzzle today. You're going this way. Just pump the brakes and take one step back. And then wake up tomorrow and decide to take one step back. You don't have to solve the whole puzzle today. You need to make one committed decision, have a deep why. This is why I'm going to do it. Write that down. I wrote it down and put it on my bedside table. I would look at it every day. Why is it so critical that you change your life? I need to be the best version of myself to represent Jesus. My family needs me. I believe God created me for more than just to watch Netflix and pay bills and work a job I don't like. Whatever your why is, I want to live longer and be healthier so I can be around for my grandkids, right? Like whatever that is, write it down and then wake up every day. Say, hey, God, let's take a walk together. I'm going to get a little bit better today. Just a little bit better. You don't have to solve the whole puzzle. Wow. That was ultimately extremely powerful, man. That was authentic, and that's why I love you, man. I love you, and too. So, and that's why, I die. you are the definition of a man of action. So <laughs> this has been the Man of Action. Hope everyone has a blessed day, and stay tuned for the next pod.